Hey, we're in this brand new series. Uh, in this fall, we're going to take the next several weeks, and it is our, uh, our mission here at Cornerstone is to help you build your life on Jesus. And we're talking about no love, no money. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about finances. Those are two things you probably don't fight about, uh, but we want to talk about it here these next few weeks. As a matter of fact, in our uh, small groups, there are so many different small groups you can be a part of. We have a finance small group. We got another one kicking off this week. Uh, we have a marriage small group kicking off this week. There's a parenting small group. There's a community small group. And so they're all taking place here on Wednesday nights. I would highly encourage you, if you have not signed up, be a part of a group, be connected with other people, uh, because when you share life with others, that's really where you're going to find the most growth. Now, to start this thing off, we're going to be talking a little bit about no love, and we want to talk about um, some things in regards to marriage this morning. Hey, this will be very familiar to you if you grew up in church, but I want to read it again. Listen in Genesis chapter 2. God had just created man and God created everything else. And then listen to what God says about Adam. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. At this point in time, Adam was created. He was the only human being on the entire planet. He had named all of the animals. So it wasn't like he didn't have anything to do. But honestly, as he does all of this, God looks at him and says, hey, this is not good that Adam is alone. And then he said, I will make a helper who is just right for him. In other words, God created male and female, and he brings that together. Then listen to what happens in verse 21. It says, so the Lord God caused the man, Adam, to fall into a deep sleep. So he goes into surgery, right? He gets the like happy gas, knocks him out. It says, and while the man slept, the Lord took out a, one of the man's ribs and he closed up the opening. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. And Adam says, at last, this is bone of, from my bone and flesh from my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united as one. And that's when Jagged Edge starts playing. Let's get married. Meet me at the altar in your white dress. That's a little something. Online, it actually sounds better in person. It's one of those things, all right? <clears throat> it sounds better in person. The two of them are united together as one. Now, this is a very different concept, especially in our society today, because we want to operate as our own individuals. But when you marry someone, the two of them become one. So we want to talk about a marriage that is centered on Jesus, right? We want to help you build your life on Jesus. Uh, Aaron and I, we've been married 14 years uh, since May. And I can tell you at this point, at, at this point where we're at, it's the strongest that we've ever been when it comes to our marriage personally. But I'm letting you know that it's not without its scars. As a matter of fact, just several years ago, there was a time in our marriage when I didn't think we were gonna make it. I didn't know like if, if this thing was gonna go forward. And as you talk about, you know, you have kids and you're raising kids and you're busy, you're doing stuff. Our church was really young at the time. Life was very difficult. And, and it was just these thoughts that I had. It was like, how can I stand here with this woman that at one point I love so much, but now my heart is so cold towards her. This is a person that I said, I do, and I'm gonna give you my life for better, for worse. And then it's just like, here we are just a few years later going like, I don't know why I married you at all. It was difficult. And I didn't know if we were gonna make it. And we had to go through so much together. And so I want you to understand that marriage is a journey. It's not a destination. 
Marriage is a journey and you gotta choose to fight through it together. We have several couples in our church that have been married over 50 years, 50 years. And like, those are like the, the goals, you know what I mean? Like, I wanna be like that. But if you talk to them, you can know that 50 years with one other person doesn't come easy. It has its battles and it's very difficult and you have to go through it. And then we see people, it doesn't help. We're looking at Instagram, we're scrolling on Facebook. And then you see couples pictures. They're getting photography sessions and you're just like, they look so happy. I wish I had that. I wish I had their life. I wish I had their marriage and everything seems so good about it. But what you don't see is all the behind the scenes stuff, right? You don't see like the junk, like no one goes on Instagram and like posts in the middle of an argument. Like, let me see your face, click. I want the whole world to remember this moment that you were a jerk to me, right? Like no one does that. They fight. They smile real quick, take a picture like, huh, look at us, we're so happy. And they're not, we don't see that. We just see the pictures and we see the things and we want it. Listen, like, I know sometimes, like, I don't know what people think about like pastors and like their family sometimes, like you have many different thoughts, but hey, Aaron and I, we disagree a lot. And honestly, she's wrong all the time. Uh, I just choose not to tell her, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is better if I just don't say anything, but she's generally wrong a lot, right? Uh, it just works out better for our marriage that way. And uh, I'll share a couple things with you, a couple funny arguments that we had several years ago. My wife was going through this thing and, you know, we try to be healthy, you know what I mean? Like we Peloton and stuff, like we try to do some things like stay in shape and whatnot. But she had this whole thing where she came to me a few years ago and she says, hey, um, I think for our family, it would be better if we tried to go meatless. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? She's like, I'm just saying, like, maybe for a time we just won't eat meat. Like, we'll just have other. And I was like, then what are you supposed to eat at night? I mean, what else is there? And it turned into this whole conversation, like, listen here, woman, you will not rob me of the chicken, right? You will not rob me of the, I'm good. You can eat meatless and I will cook my own stuff, right? And honestly to say, like, it was not a good conversation. Not a good conversation. Here we are a few years later and like there's times like we do, it doesn't bother me anymore. But in that moment, I took something that was really insignificant and I made it like a big deal. Like, where am I gonna get my protein, right? Like, where am I gonna, I can't, I can't live on rice and beans. I'm Asian, I can't live on rice though. And I should have, <laughs> shouldn't have been that big a deal. Not that big a deal. This year, we got to go on a sabbatical. Uh, it was the first time in, in our eight years leading, leading this church. And, and part of that time, we went on a, on a big road trip. I have family that lives in Montana and we drove out there and saw family and we got to hit up several different national parks. And honestly, it was really amazing uh, for my wife and I. We didn't argue at all. I mean, this was great. Like you have three kids in a car, you travel 5,600 miles. You're talking how many hours? In the car. We didn't fight at all. It was, it was honestly, it was awesome. And on the way home, Coming back to Alabama, that's when it happened, the first argument. And she was upset because her sister and brother-in-law who had joined us on the trip, at some point, some random place in the middle, like somewhere in Wyoming, they got their car washed. And she's like, we should wash our car. I'm like, that's dumb. And she's like, why is it? I'm like, I'm like because you're gonna wash our car and bugs are just gonna demolish it all over again. Why would I pay to wash our car when it's just gonna happen as soon as we leave here? And she got her feelings hurt and she held on to it. So on the way back, 
this became a point of contention. You know, I should have washed the car. Like, how come you get to decide all this? Like, uh, you know what we end up doing? We end up getting our car washed a little later than I wanted to, right? A little later than I wanted to, a little later than she wanted to. But we fight as well, right? And I think sometimes, so many times, couples, they fight and all they can do is just fight. And I think part of the problem for me personally is like, I take little things and I make them a big deal. Uh, I do get uh, upset easily. And when I get upset and angry, my end goal in an argument is to win, all right? My, my end goal is like someone wins, someone loses. I choose not to lose, all right? It doesn't work out very well when we have these conversations. It actually makes things very difficult. And so what we wanna talk about is some goals for marriage that I think is gonna help you. And today we're gonna to talk about that first goal and it's simply this, centered on Jesus. So listen, I don't know where you're at. You could be here, you could be divorced, you could be remarried, you could be in your first marriage. You may not be married yet. I'm telling you, regardless of where you're at, we're not talking about past things that have happened, past is in the past. How can we move forward? How can we be the best that we are today? How can we have a marriage that is truly centered on Jesus? Now here, you're here at church today, so you do get a little bit of a past because you showed up and you're here, you're worshiping. You obviously care about faith at some point, you're watching online, but just because you're here doesn't mean that your life is centered on Jesus. Right, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that your life is centered on Jesus. All of us have our lives centered on something. Most of us, if we really break it down, we're pretty selfish. It centers around ourselves. I didn't really realize I was selfish until I got married. I was like, oh, like, I really do have to put her feelings and thoughts and things before me, right? And then I found out I was super selfish when we had our first child. It was like, oh, like this thing like needs us all the time. Like, isn't there an off button, right? You know what I mean? Like, is there something like, I don't know, like I need to sleep. Like this child is hip prohibiting my sleep. This is why you're here and you stay at home. You take care of this child so I can sleep, right? It, it, it's difficult. I didn't realize I was selfish until I had these things in my life. And so what do we do? We tend to do things for ourselves. We have, uh, hey, as long as someone meets my needs, as long as I feel happy, as long as I have my own hobbies, then I'm good, right? As long as those things happen. And then some of you, when you do have kids, what begins to happen is then you center your life around your children and it's whatever they need, whatever they want, whatever their desires are. They have these sports, we gotta take them to this thing. They gotta be a part of that thing. Hey, they have this school project or this or that. And you center your whole life around your children and then you allow your kids to sleep in your bed until they're in middle school, right? And then it's like, they never get out. You wonder why your marriage is falling apart. You don't invest it in the other person. Then they graduate, they move out of the house and you look at this other person like, who are you? Because you never invested in them while you had children in your home. Some of us, we center our life around money and it's just about having enough money or having material things. Some of us center our life around success. We center our life around our careers. Maybe we center our life around our image. We want people to envy us. We just give our highlight reels. We don't wanna see the behind the scenes. And we're just searching for someone to make us happy and we find the one. The problem with finding the one is they're gonna let you down because there is not the one. And if God said, well, I have the one for you, what happens when you're no longer with that person? Then you screwed it up for everybody else, right? There's not the one. People are gonna let you down. If you're single here, I want you to understand that, hey, you are fully complete through Jesus. You don't need someone else to complete you. You're fully complete just as you are. 
So here's our thought for today. In a marriage that's centered on Jesus, Jesus is your one and your spouse is your two. Some of you are thinking, yeah, my spouse is number two, right? (laughs) No, what we're talking about here is Jesus comes first, your spouse comes second. Has to be like that. Hey, if you're here, and we have a lot of people at Cornerstone, they're just coming back to church, or maybe church isn't for them, or you're just searching for answers. I want you to understand, if you get this backwards, if you put other people before God, you're going to find that your foundation is weak and you can't stand on it. It will crumble. And then so often we get upset at God because our foundation broke apart. But what we don't understand is we have to center our life around Jesus. So he has to be first. He's got to come before everybody else. Aaron and I, we have that understanding that in our own lives, Christ comes first. He has to be first. He has to. And then it's our spouse and then it's our kids and then everybody else. You have to have that formation right. If you don't have kids and you can have family or whatever, you can fill in the blanks how you feel like you need to do that. But it has to be God, then it has to be your spouse, has to be the order. Now, sometimes, especially when you have little kids, right? We have like families dedicating their babies. There, there has to be a time where like, obviously like babies are elevated a little bit. Like they have some needs that have to be taken care of. You can't ignore the needs of a little baby, right? That's the kind of stuff that ends you up in jail if you ignore that, right? Like you have to take care of these children. But there comes a point in time where you have to realize that child never takes the place of your spouse. So it's important to continue to invest in each other. Now, Jesus was asked a question one time by an expert of religious law. Listen to what happens in Matthew 22. One of them, an expert in religious law, he tried to trap Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Moses had so many laws and so many commands. Which one is the most important? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Whatever is the center of your life is going to influence you. I should have a little graphic here. I want you to check this out. So whatever is in the center, we put a question mark there. Whatever is in the center, eventually what it will do, it will shape your values and beliefs. Whatever is in the middle of your life, if, you're, if the center of your life is yourself, that shapes your values and beliefs. You believe you're more important. You think you're better than other people. You have these things, whatever. And then your values and beliefs, it then turns around and it goes into your actions and decisions. It now, hey, I'm choosing things based off what I believe is the most important thing to me. And when you do that, it influences and impacts your life, whatever's in the center. And so many of us get off track because our center is wrong. We've centered it on the wrong things. You've got to center your life on Jesus ultimately. That stuff shapes who you are. And those things bleed down into your children if you have them and they are felt by the people that are closest to you. So the question is, what is your center? Like, honestly, like, what is your center? And I think that's what you think if you're online. What is the center of your life? You see, we say sometimes like it is God, but honestly, so many times we know, hey, it's me or my spouse is my center, my kids are my center, or these are the things that are my center. And if again, if you're single, hey, center your life on Jesus. I love this saying, be the one that you're looking for is looking for, right? If you're a single person here this morning, if you want like a God-honoring marriage in the future, you gotta live a God-honoring life today. You cannot build your life on sin and then expect God to bless it. Doesn't work like that. 
And as a matter of fact, that applies to anyone in here. You can't build your life on sin and then expect God to bless your life. So many of us, we're getting mad at God, but it's like, here are our choices, here are our actions, here are our decisions. And it's based off a life that is not built on Jesus. It's just selfish, it's sinful. And then we get mad because God isn't blessing our life. You can't do that. And so the only thing that truly will help is if you center your life on Jesus. And so here's, I'm gonna share this one thing that couples can do. And there, there are many things couples should do, okay? There are many things couples should do. You should go on dates. Number one, like if you're not going on dates, like listen, we're actually, you're gonna hear about it later on this month. We are gonna do a free date night for all parents. We're gonna give you free childcare. Hashtag no excuses. Men, plan something for your wife that night. Go out, eat dinner together. Remember that thing you used to do when you didn't have kids? You could actually talk and have conversation and all you're gonna do is just talk about your kids. But maybe you have some like questions or you just talk to each other. Remember when you used to do that? Remember that? We're gonna give you that opportunity. You know, you should go on trips together. You, you should do that. Maybe some of you, you need to see a counselor. That's what Aaron and I did several years ago. We saw a counselor and it saved our marriage. There are many things you should do, but this is the one thing that I'm gonna give you today that it will be more powerful than anything else. It's just simply pray together. I know, I know you're like, that's, that's, we came here for that. Uh, we could have looked that up online, could have Googled that. Pastor, we could have just stayed home today. You know, games start. And we're showing games right after the second service. So if you wanna come hang out, we're literally streaming games right here. Pray together. Men, I'm gonna talk to you for a second because you're the spiritual leader in your family, whether you want it or not. That is your calling in life. God has made you the spiritual leader in your family. That's not always fun. It's not always fair, but it's truth. And so men, I'm telling you, your wife wants you to pray with her. She may not say, but I'm telling you that she does. But some of you are like, you know, pastor, that's kind of strange because faith is such a private thing. It's personal. Like prayer should be like private. Like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I can pray with my wife. Hey, but let's just be honest. Nothing in marriage is private. Um, you got married and what'd you start doing? Like you start going to the bathroom in front of each other, right? It's like, dudes and was like, I gotta go. That sausage shouldn't have had it, right? You told me. It's like, boom, you just go in the bathroom. Like no like regard for who's there. Like, right? Like it's just like, boom. If you have kids and you're there, you know, for the birth, it, you see a lot more than you thought you were gonna see, right? I remember my experience. I was like, I'll just be right here by the face. And I saw, I saw a lot. I saw a lot. And I was like, what? I, Wow, 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 right? I got to know my wife a lot better, right? And the same thing, you have kids and uh, you got to see all that. Chances are, if you're married, chances are, I can't say for sure, but chances are, you've probably kissed your spouse a time or two. Probably, I'm just gonna toss it out there. So what I'm saying is, you do all the intimate and private things together, prayer is something you can do together too. You got to, all right, you got to. You see the enemy, the enemy's job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. So here's what he's gonna try to do. He's gonna try to destroy your marriage by causing you to spiritually disconnect from each other. Hey, you have your own private life, you got your own spiritual life, but prayer creates intimacy. And we're not just talking about sex here, we're talking about a closeness with the other person. That's what prayer actually does for you. And it allows opportunities for you to open up, to talk to each other and to talk about things that you don't normally talk about. To talk about like, what is God teaching you? What is God showing you? 
How can you help? And, and when you pray together, it shows that you take your faith seriously. And then what you might start doing, you actually might start showing up to church together. You might start serving together just because you pray. You see, there are seasons in my life personally when um, I don't pray with Aaron all the time. I know. You're probably thinking, well, you're a pastor. You probably pray all the time. I pray without ceasing. <laughs> now a little church joke. All right, no, no one leaving me up here to die up here. That's fine. That's fine. There are seasons where like, we just don't pray together. And that's my fault because I'm the spiritual leader of this family. It, it's my responsibility to lead my wife, to lead my children in this way. It's my responsibility. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'm, I usually, uh, I get ahead. I'm one of those people. I don't like to procrastinate. So I'm, I'm usually several weeks out in preparing messages for our church. And I'm usually about eight weeks out is, is typically where I'm at. And so a couple of months ago when I was working on this message, you know what happened? It's this little thing called the Holy Spirit that lives inside every single believer. And he convicted me. It's like, hey, you're talking to people about praying with your wife. When's the last time you did that? And I was like, dang it, God, save that for everyone else. Not for, not for your servant. <laughs> I got convicted on that. As a matter of fact, it's, it's since then, like I've been, again, I'm praying with my wife. Hey, I might miss a day or two, but very consistently I'm like, hey, I'm making this a part of what we do. I'm, I'm gonna make sure we pray together because it's that important. We talk about God being most important, but then we don't center our life around it. We don't make it that important. And so I got just this very simple guide. You saw it on the screen there. We'll put it back up. Like how to pray with your spouse. Keep it short. Doesn't need to be elaborate. You don't need to go into like a three-point sermon where you're alliterating every point. God, now I pray for my plan. And Father, I pray for your purpose. And I pray for your people. Like you don't have to do any of that. All right, just keep it short. Be consistent. Just be consistent. Just pray consistently. That's just it. Simple things. Just be consistent. And if you miss a day, don't miss two. If you miss a day, don't miss two. You see, it could be simple as like, hey, God, I just pray that you protect our marriage, protect our family. Help us to honor you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's something very simple. I mean, you're talking 30 seconds. Do what works best for you. Like when is the time you're like, hey, wait, when we can pray together? Maybe it's like in the morning, you got some time together, your kids aren't up, you're having your coffee or whatever. Maybe that's a good time for you. Maybe before you leave for work, you know, uh, for us, it's like at night, like all our kids are in bed. Like that's a good time. Like I, we just pray together, just have that, that little moment together. And I'm telling you, it does so much for your marriage. It brings you closer. It's this super simple, easy thing but yet it's the thing we most often neglect because we don't feel like it's that important. We don't feel like it's that powerful, but just this small little thing can set you up in your marriage or bring you closer. Hey, if you are dating someone, hey, just pray together, pray together. You know, when you pray with your spouse, it's really hard to like pray with each other after you just had a knockdown drag out fight. You just fight, you're like, you're both mad at each other and you're like, Let's pray. It's a good time. It's a good time to pray right now, right? Like, they're not gonna wanna pray with you in that moment, right? They're not gonna wanna pray with you in that moment. And uh, it's in this thing where it's like, okay, like this is a good time, like let's, no. Like it's harder to fight when you're praying with each other. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I experienced that even in the last eight weeks. Hey, we've had our disagreements and arguments, but it, it's not like when we're disconnected spiritually. 
The enemy is going to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy your marriage. That's what he's trying to do. And that's what he's done in many people's lives. So you center it on Jesus and you do this one simple thing, you just pray together. That one simple thing will change your marriage because it will do something for you because it allows you to build your life on Jesus. And then some of you are gonna get lazy. Like you have these seasons of life, especially if you have multiple kids playing sports where it's like, you don't even see each other. You're constantly crazy. Things are going on. That's all right. Reset, stop, go, hey, it's time for a reset. Like we got to take care of some things. Let's, let's pray together. Like don't beat yourself up. I think that's too often, like if you make this like some religious thing, that is religion. If I do this, then God loves me. That's not how it works. It's a relationship. And so if you haven't done it, hey, let's just start. And I'm telling you, I'm gonna go ahead and say this and toss this out there. It will be awkward at first. It will be weird. Especially men, if you're not used to praying out loud to your wife, you're gonna be like, uh, God, wow, uh, hmm. Throwing a, hey, thank you for my smoking hot wife. Like whatever, like it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. Do something, just start praying because I'm telling you, it gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. And as you pray, you find that that this whole thing when Jesus talks about the two become one, you begin to feel that. You begin to sense that. And when there are two united together and then three, like through the power of God, like that threefold cord, it cannot be broken. And then you know what you need to start doing? You need to watch out. Because if you've been having issues in your marriage and you start centering it on Jesus, you're gonna find that your marriage gets solid. You know what he's gonna start doing next? He'll go after your kids. And then you have to watch. You're gonna be on alert because the enemy is gonna steal, kill, and destroy. You've got to center your life and your marriage on Jesus. Hey, maybe you grab hands with each other. Just be open, be honest, be real. Hey, man, if you haven't been that spiritual leader, don't beat yourself up and women don't shame your husbands. Make that step together. That's what we do in marriage. We do things together. And when you do that, you're gonna find slowly but surely, your marriage is centered on Jesus and you'll be that couple that people will look at, not on Instagram, not online, but in real life and go, I want what they have. Hey, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day right now. God, we thank you for every single person that is represented here. And Father, I'm praying for families that I don't know what what they're going through. I don't know what couples are facing right now. I don't know what argument they had on their way to church. I don't know what argument they will have as they leave today. But Father, we're praying for every single marriage that's represented. We're praying for people that just went through divorce and their hearts are broken right now. We're praying for people that are single and, and they're searching God. And, and we just pray that you would give them peace. We're praying for families today, Lord, that are dealing with things within their finances, dealing things with their children, dealing things within their jobs. And Father, they just have so much going on. The enemy is doing his work. And Lord, today I pray right now in this moment, you would allow couples to build their lives on you while we're just in the state of reflection. Here's what I'm gonna do real quick. Hey man, if you're sitting next to your spouse, just grab her hand real quick. Just hold her hand. Just right there, like no one's looking around. We're just in our own, so just grab her hand. And maybe just right there silently, man, maybe you just ask God, give me, give me strength, give me boldness to pray with my wife.
Thank God for your spouse right now. If you're married, hey, thank God for your spouse right now. Women, hey, thank God for your husbands. Thank God for your husbands that you have a, a, a man in your life who desires to follow after the Lord and just thank God for him right now. Hey, maybe you just pray for your kids, but make it like a prayer just today. Like if you don't pray at any time, like tonight, pray with each other and see if God won't start something in your marriage.